everybody. Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds, uh, real tales from the restaurant industry and beyond. Uh, who's with me today? Hi, I'm Frances Perdue. I am a restaurant owner. I own Burger in Birmingham. Awesome. Uh, and not only are you a restaurant owner, but you also have a, I don't even want to say a former career because you still do. Uh, you still are a publicist, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm a publicist, a veteran publicist and senior publicist, and I own my own firm. And I just renamed it, actually. So we're in the middle of branding. I was PS Media Talent and now Purdue Inc. Purdue Inc. Awesome. So um, let's talk about the restaurant world. Um, yeah. So you, <laughs> what, what made you want to enter the restaurant world? I'm a foodie. I love food and good food. I mean, good gourmet food. So I'm that person everyone comes to as a hub. So I said, you know what? One day I'm going to have my own restaurant. I kind of thought it was going to be Southern because my family's from Birmingham and I'm a California native. My dad was in the Navy. So a uh, Navy brat over here. So long and short, I love seafood and steak and, you know, just twist on things. So I just thought that I would always own my own restaurant, but never thought I would own a franchise. So this is interesting. Very cool. So <laughs> the restaurant's not open yet, is it? Not yet. We're shooting for January, February, 2020, waiting on a couple things to come through for the actual permits and stuff like that. But I'm still excited. And it seems like Birmingham is excited too to have us. Excellent. Um, so you're, you knew the company ahead of time because you did some work for them, correct? Actually, I, I do individual work. So I work with celebrities and um, companies and products. And one man came into some money and he wanted to do an actual company that would make him money. And I said, okay, well, I'll run them for you. Like, let me look. And so I found Burger M. And at that time, it was like 25K to get me in. <laughs> And I wish I had just took a loan and did it. I would have saved some money, y'all. <laughs> what ended up happening is he blew his money and he never did it. And I said to myself, when I get a little chunk of change, some money from somewhere, I'm going to do it. And that's what I ended up doing three years later. Awesome. 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 So I'm going to get to the question of this question. I usually wait till the end, but okay. what's, more <laughs> what's, what's more important, good food or good marketing? Wonderful question. Good food or good marketing? I think they're equally important. I guess I'm a little biased since I'm in publicity and marketing publicity work together. And that's but, why I asked this question off the bat. Yeah, it's Let's so get right important. to the goods. Good food is so important because people will not come back. I'm that person. I'll eat the food and I will tip you well, but I won't be back if the food is not good. But good marketing helps for me to understand that I need to go to this place. I'm interested. I want to see what they're talking about. What's the hype about? And so for me, I think it's equal. Awesome. So what kind of advice would you give to the old school chefs that say, I don't market? Oh, you have to with this millennial. I'm 36, right? So I'm in this weird place where I'm between analog and digital. And my, my parents are older. Um, God rest my mom. So she died at 65 recently. But my dad's 75. So like I listen to Fast Domino, but at the same time, I like Legacy. And I like Little Baby or the Baby. So for me, it's like I'm in this eclectic person, but we have to change with the times. If you want to stay alive, you have to get that heartbeat of the people who can pay and afford it. People who are older are staying at home more. They're not eating out and all that stuff. So you have to really kind of change with the times of marketing and stuff like that to stay alive. In my opinion. I'm awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So what's been one of your biggest uh, successes in, 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 in the publicity industry? 
as a publicist. In the industry, yeah. I think one of my biggest successes is moving from being an individual franchise, not franchisee owner, but a boutique public relations owner to actually being asked to be director of publicity and chief communication officers for several companies. It's a different switch from being for, by yourself and working for yourself and then working in the actual industry. <laughs> a lot of different rules, a lot of politics where I'm just used to being creative. So I think that was my largest success within the last two years. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, biggest flops. <laughs> my biggest flops like where do I start <laughs> when it comes to publicity I would say my biggest flop I just started in celebrity PR right and I was working with John Sally and he's a character but I digress it's a whole nother conversation over some drinks and some other stuff so long and the short I actually went to a gifting suite and I listened to him and the whole thing with publicity, you are the expert. So why are you listening to the client? I was young. I, I was like, oh, John Sally knows what you're talking about. He did not. I went to an MTV gifting suite and I went and got all of his, his stuff without him being there. And they came back and took the product and said that I stole it. <laughs> and I was his representative, but they were like, oh, you can't take the products. And I was like, oh, I've never stole a day in my life. And when he got there, he wouldn't deal with anyone but me. So that was like the saving grace. And he was like, no, I told her to go get it because I was on a plane from Canada or whatever it was. So that was my biggest flop. And I learned. And then at the end, they were like coming to me like, Miss Purdue, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't want you to talk to me. Like, you went through my stuff and said I stole. Like, I was so offended. And if you know your four agreements, you're not supposed to take anything personal. But I took that personal. I was like, I don't steal. <laughs> so that was my biggest flop, listening to the client and not being the expert and telling him, no, we have to wait till you get here to get these products so they can have your face and take the picture with you in the product. And he did go around and take the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> all of the products that I got, but I was pissed off. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> that was my biggest flop, I would say, today. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So what kind of advice would you give to a new restaurant owner on the, from being in the publicity world? I would say that um, you have to get out of yourself and not be cheap. You're worth it. And the reason I say that is because people think about publicity you're like, I don't want to pay for this. I don't see how it's going to be, you know, influential. But then when they have their grand openings, for example, and there's no press that shows up, there's no hype around, you know, giving the free product away and they end up with 25 people at their launch, they regret it. So they could have made it a investment in themselves and got lifetime customers or they don't understand that they're important. People need to know who you are as a chef. People need to know who, who's the executive over the corporation if you have a lot of different, you know, restaurants because they put in a face to the product and then now they feel like they're a part of your family. They feel like they're a part of whatever your movement is. And I think that that's the biggest thing with restaurant owners. They forget about marketing, which you do awesomely. And they forget about public relations and they're different. One is you get earned media with public relations with marketing is pay to play. But even with the pay to play, there's a certain amount of results in um, hits that turn into sales. So I personally am a foodie. I may not come to your restaurant today, but it's going to be in the back of my mind. So when I'm in New York, Hey, I got to go check out this person's restaurant and that. And so they don't understand the lasting results of it. So I would say invest in yourself and do yourself a favor and not try to do it all by yourself. Awesome. And I like how you differentiated the two, uh, pay to play and then the earned. Cause whenever there's an article on me and somebody goes, Oh, I saw your ad. I'm like, 
damn it, that's not an ad. I earned that. Right. <laughs> I didn't pay for this, man, because it would have been a lot of money. It's not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> and if it was an ad, I'd get more hits, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so well, what would you tell a restaurant owner that wants to try to do the publicity themselves with, with no publicity background? Because, you know, let's face it, us chefs are stubborn. We're just stubborn people. We think we know it all. Right. I think that stick to your lane. I was just talking to a great friend of mine, Andre Burgess. He's into the entertainment industry and he's a dentist and stuff. And we were talking about his mentor, Magic Johnson. And he and Magic are pretty close. And I said, the one thing that Magic Johnson does is that he hires people at the top of the expertise in their field. And he lets them fly for two reasons. Because to be successful, you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most charismatic. You just have to be diligent and you got to be willing to have a good team. And with getting a good team, you hire people at the expert level that they're at and you let them fly. Now, don't, don't think that I'm not saying don't know what they're supposed to do. Get the basics of what they're supposed to do to make sure you can check and balance that they're doing something. But at the end of the day, he's a billionaire. <laughs> he got with the Guggenheim group and bought the freaking Dodgers, okay? So he knows a little something about what he's doing. And when he figured out Magic, he did this with example, not just talking, in my opinion. He took people at the highest level of where they're at. He invested in them. Like, let's say someone was a singer. He introduces them to Will I Am or Elton John or whatever to help them with their dream because people are buying into your dream when they work for you, right? So in doing that, long and short, he's investing in them so they become loyal and they do their stuff at the best of their ability. The reason why I'm saying this is because as a business owner, as a restaurant owner, as a top chef, right, you have to be able to do higher level thinking. Is the menu right? How does it affect the taste buds? How do I keep it fresh? How do I make it differentiate from the other chef down the street? How do I keep my staff motivated? all these different things that don't include publicity. So hire people at the level that they are and that investment will come back a hundredfold. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome advice. Thank you. Awesome advice. So um, you're going to get ready to open in a couple of months. It looks, sounds like um, mm -hmm. what, what is the most exciting thing for you um, about entering the restaurant industry? That I get to take my love and infuse it into a business. I love food. People will tell you, like, I go to the hidden gyms. People go places. They're like, Fran, where do I go? I went to Cavatina. And if you look on my Instagram at, at um, Fran Nubian, it says, I got to meet Richard Bronson. I got him at this restaurant. I didn't want to bother him, by the way. He was with his family outside on the terrace. And my friend was like, when he come in this room, girl, it's over. <laughs> and I was like, don't say nothing. And he was going to the bathroom. He was like, I got you guys. And just the fact that I was able to meet him, like one of my mentors in business, it was amazing. But I like going for different experiences. So I want to create an experience with Burger in Birmingham that they've never seen before. I want that Southern hospitality when they hit the door. Hey, how are you doing? And to the point where there is so many things on the item list, like a 16 different burgers. You can get lamb, beef or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really dope. That's why I got into it. And the healthy aspect, which you can understand as a chef, is three ounce burgers, not sliders like a White Castle. So it's three ounce gourmet burgers. So you are, you can be filled with one. So you can get lamb, you can get chicken, you can get salmon, whatever you want, but it's a lot of options. So I want people to come in and know it is like Burger King, have it how you want it, right? But right. it's still that loving touch where it's not fast food, fast food, it's fast casual, right? 
And so I want to bring an experience to people eating and their families feeling comfortable and feeling like, hey, someone cares about my health. Like they have salads on the menu. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, this or that or just fattening us up. Or let's say you're on a budget and you have a big family of five. You can get a, a party box that has 24 mini burgers in it, right? And everybody get what they want. And everybody's happy. So for me, I wanted something where adults can come and wind down and have a beer, you know, a Hefeweizen, whatever you want to do. And then you can have a burger. Or if you got a family, it's a family atmosphere. So I want to give an experience that Birmingham never has had. Very cool. All right. So one thing I really wanted to ask you here, because I'm, I, I need to know this answer as well. Um, <laughs> Influencer marketing. Give give us yes. some tips on influencer marketing. I don't do influencer marketing. Okay. I want to. Where do I start? Who do I go to? How do I make sure I'm not getting ripped off? Yes. Um, what, what are some guidelines? Okay. First guideline is figure out what your niche is. So if you are Asian fusion, right? You want to focus in on food bloggers and food influencers who like your type of food. Simple, right? From there, you want to get all of their information and hone in on these are the people who would fit this criteria. Get their Instagrams, their Twitters, Facebooks. Look at the engagement rate. There's a thing called Aspire IQ. They have a little free tool where you can put in, let's use myself, for example, at Franubian. It'll say that one of my posts is worth 70 bucks, right? So if I know that I have a 5% engagement rate, now you're more realistic about when they post for you, whether it's a poster, a video, whatever, a flyer, that you're going to get 5% of whoever clicked on that. So you have a more realistic goal about how you're spending your money because it could be anywhere from $2,500 up to $10,000 for a post for certain wow. millions of followers. But if their engagement rate is 0 0.02 or negative 0.18, you don't want to purchase that service. But I say always get a publicist or someone who will and deals like myself in that industry to help guide you so you won't be aimlessly spending money when you don't need to. So Aspire IQ is what it is? Yes. Aspire IQ. Okay, mm -hmm. got a free tool there. That's awesome. Now, now, like in the restaurant industry, what if I just say, hey, I'm going to invite somebody in and give them a free dinner to post, to post my stuff? There's no guarantee. So what happens is you want to invite you want to invite as many people as possible. Like right now for Burger in Orange County, um, they're hiring me to actually help them and do an influencer day towards the end of this month. I'm going to invite 50 influencers. We're doing a contest. Whoever has the best engagement will actually get to be the influencer for that location. Very cool. So you save money. You spend the same amount of money on the food because we know how much it costs to get the food there. <laughs> and then they get free booze. <laughs> Cause they're opening up a bar and then you get people motivated to come. And then the prospect of them having a gig is the end result. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much for being a, a guest on in the weeds. Um, wearing two hats. And that's awesome. Cause this yes, is and I'm representing interview. for you today. Oh, the Chicago Bulls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so thank you for sharing your publicist life and your, your eagerness to jump right into the food industry. Um, awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Anything, you. Um, anything you want to say ending like, like why somebody should, should eat it, eat at your restaurant? Yes. You should eat at my restaurant because we have every option, whether you like Angus beef all the way to a beef or a burger. If you're vegan. 
veggie burger. Awesome. Now you're talking my language. Yes. Awesome. And falafel. Ah, falafel. Love falafel. <laughs> yes. Awesome. 